episode of your favorite podcast. I know it's my favorite podcast. Meanwhile, 22 pages later. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a metronome. <laughs> ah, I think I'm supposed to keep it in beat, you know? <laughs> I'm your host. And we have to talk the cap. like this. <laughs> Not Captain Rhythm, but the cap, El Capitan. Oh, no, they didn't hear the metronome. They didn't hear the metronome? No, no. It's oh, so, so people are going to think that I'm crazy. Yes. <laughs> now you know how we feel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, you were just talking about Mars attacks, okay? <laughs> and, of course, let me introduce my other two co-hosts, um, Ralph the Tech. Yeah. And Mike the Finance Guy. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've never seen that movie. I remember like seeing it, um, the advertisements in the movie theaters, and being like, "Oh, this is like some kid movie. I don't want to see it." No, no it definitely it was wasn't a kid movie. No. Um, it has uh, what is it? Um, Jack Nicholson yeah. plays two parts in it. He plays some crazy cowboy kind of guy, and he's the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Tim Burton movie. It's got his oh, then it's girl- a Burton yeah, movie. Yeah, it's got his yeah. then girlfriend in it as a Martian human hybrid. It's you got what's, what's this guy? Pierce Brosnan's in the, it. The, the played Bond. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan's he's in it. Really? Yeah. He cut his head off when he's still alive. Yeah, and and the oh, who's that? The, the girl from Sex and the City is in it too. Yes, that's it. Um, Sarah Jessica remember. Parker. Yeah, yes. that's her. Wow. Yeah, it was they, just a they, bunch they of everybody. They put her head on a dog's body and then put the dog's body on uh, the bo- dog's head on her body. And you both watched this, and you're both okay with this. It was funny, man. It was some funny parts. It was a good movie. Were you guys high? I mean, like, because I'm listening to this movie, I'm like, who would watch this? Yeah, I mean, you just have to just accept what you're going to get. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, a, like, you know, just... A suspension pain. of disbelief for a while. Yeah. Oh, for a long time. I mean, it's, it's an homage to, like, the whole, like, 50s, not movies so much, but the 50s um, cartoon drawings of aliens, because they all have the big bulbous heads. Right. And the big glass dome fishbowl, you know, headgear and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's just... It's funny because I'm listening to you guys talk about this movie, and it, I feel like in my library, it would go next to Formula 51 and Soul Plane. Not okay. that I own either one. All right. <laughs> do not say anything bad about Formula 51. I'll give you my copy. <laughs> <laughs> that one I do have, and I got it for free. They were giving it away somewhere down in Union I'm Square. I'm happy. I don't nice. even know what it's about. It's a good movie. It's a Samuel Jackson movie oh. where... He's, oh, now he's I know a what it's about. You can stop now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember why I, I cut out that portion of my brain. All right. So <laughs> let's let's get to what we're here for. Ah. Lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ralph's ready to go. So we were talking about um, books that you know, books that we like to read, and books that um, that we're not gonna bash. And all I gotta say is, the book Lock and Key is something that if you're not picking it up already. It's actually a really good time right now to pick it up because it's coming to its end yep. and you can collect everything all together for those people who are like, oh no, I have to read everything at once. I like reading it in one shot. You'll be able to, um, you'll be able to pick it up. Lock and key. Great. I, I guess you'd call it horror mystery sci-fi, I guess. I suppose. I, I call, call it a really good, good book. time. That's what I call <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a good book. I, I don't care what it is. All right. So of course with our synopsis, Mike, the finance guy who put a lot of time and effort yeah, I put some time into it, anyhow. I see four pages right there. Oh, come on. It's not In that the much. beginning, there was man. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk a lot about key. how paper is made, and you know, <laughs> and then we'll get our way to the ink side, and then eventually we'll get to the story. <laughs> All right, so what's this lock and key about? For those who haven't read it, and a lot of you who read comics might not know about it because maybe your comic book um, store doesn't hold it because they don't recognize it, but it's a great book. So, Mike, tell us what they're missing. All right. Well, Lock and Key is a story about family. Oh, that sounds so touching, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Family. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> I'm kidding, family. fam. I'm kidding. <laughs> but then right away, we get right into the violence, which is what we're waiting for. Yeah. Um, it's also about killers, demons, ghosts, and magic keys and a hell trap. 
Um, but you know, in between all of that, you have life and all of its wonderful and pleasantries and its minor little joys and whatnot. Um, it, it has all the basic plots that you need to start your your yourself to be engrossed in. You know, you get your family. You have the widowed mother. She's a drunken embarrassment to her family. Um, the eldest teen son. He's forced to be the parent. You know, after um, struggling with his own anger issues and things along that line. You have the younger sister. She's just rage, hormones, and angst. Um, and the six-year-old brother, who's just uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, fears and wonder and adventure. All right, um, and, and just throw in the gay uncle just for the sake of it as well. And like I said, you got family. Every story is great with a, with a drunken mother and a gay uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know it's a good time right there. <laughs> um, so our story opens up in uh, Mendocino Valley, California. It's where the Locke family, um, which is the father, Rendell, his wife, Nina, their oldest son, Tyler, um, the middle child, uh, Kinsey, and their youngest son, Bode, they live in a rural house. Um, the family is then viciously attacked, and the father is murdered. The mother manages to kill one of them, and uh, Tyler, he nearly kills the other one. Disfigures his face. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. It's kind of like Frankenstein, but in the young years or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so following her husband's death, Nina moves her family uh, to the husband's ancestral home in Lovecraft, Massachusetts, and the place is called Key House, and it's a really well done detailed looking house it's just beautiful it's kind of like that old haunted house kind of a it's just yeah. a great house there, you know? there should be a rule that says if a house has a name you shouldn't go there yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> it really the is splatter house and, oh let's move in there yeah. <laughs> it's called hell house just don't go <laughs> um but the family soon discovers that the house is littered with magic keys that um each one of them performs a, a specific task like you have a, a gender changing key um one that controls shadows or you know um one that can turn people into ghosts uh, but there's also a demon in the well house named Dodge, and uh, he wants one of the keys, the Omega key, to open a portal to its dimension and release the hordes of its brethren. Now, pretty soon, the Locke family and their friends are fighting for their lives and souls in a place called the Drowning Cave, caught in a desperate battle to keep the demons out um, from the Black Door. That's what we got. Yeah, and, and good and good synopsis. A way of kind. Of, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in English. Um, that was a good synopsis in the sense that. Um, you gave us what's going on, but didn't give too much away yeah. for, for those who want to read it. The Not a points. damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So what's your initial uh, impressions? I know what Mike is. So I want to start off with Ralph, only because Mike put me on. It's kind of like, you know. Like in the torch. Each one, teach one. Yeah. <laughs> Mike put, gave it to me, and I read it and fell in love with it. And then I told Ralph to read it. Ralph, what was your, and because you just read it. You just finished reading it this week. Yeah. Oh, so, last night. Yeah, uh, it, this was, so it's still fresh. Yeah. So, yeah, so this was Ralph's virginal moment here. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're sitting around for Ralph's virginal moment. I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> should, should I walk away? <laughs> no, no, no. You can watch. Okay. All right. Okay, only, Hyman boy, tell me about it. <laughs> I only have two words. Go. Epically epic. Wow. Yes. Okay. So what did you like about it, man? Oh, man. From start to finish, this book, I didn't want to put it down. But unfortunately, I had to work in between while I was reading it. So I had to actually put it down. But once I started going, it's like the first thing that you see is someone um, walking up with Sam, which is uh, one of the characters, uh, walking up to the, 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 the Locke's house. And all you see is a picture of the truck that he's driving. And you see you already see two dead bodies. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, OK, this thing's going to turn out good. And at the beginning, it's a little disorienting because they flash back and forth between their present and what happened in the past. So it was a little weird but once you start reading it you really get into it and i'm like oh my god you see how twisted this guy is who kills the the father and goes after the people just for a key and then later on as you keep on reading you see how it all connects and they really connect it so well 
Yeah. You know? And not in a DC kind of way. No, 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 no not at all. <laughs> it's actually written well. And, well, well, the thing that just, uh, just to interrupt for just one second, the scene that you mentioned, the very opening scene about him coming up to the house, talking to the mother, and you're seeing the two dead bodies in the back of his pickup truck, that, I think those two pages, and maybe there was one more page that followed that one, that's what they gave away in the back of... Um, one of the IDW, you know, comics for like a month or so, you know, trying to push people to read it, you know, because right. it was, you know, before it came out. It's those three pages that when I just read that, I'm just like, I've got to pick up this book, whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, just jumped on from there. It hooked me. And then as the story progresses, you can see how these characters grow and how they change. Yeah. You see Tyler, um, who really doubted himself because he blamed himself for his father's death. Um, and you see, as the story progresses, he has to become the man of the house and how um, in that, he becomes braver. And even there's a point where, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a key called the head key. And um, you put it into people's heads and you could take stuff out or put stuff in, right? So there's a point where um, the sister, Kingsley, takes out her fear and her tears because so, she's crying and she's scared a lot. And her tears and her fears end up getting inside of Tyler's head. Right. So they show a scene inside of Tyler's head where you see like this little kind of superhero guy and it shows how much he's changed that the superhero guy has taken all of Tyler's fears and his hate and his rage and he's locked them up and he makes sure that they're all in there. And then because of the other tears and fears that, that help uh, break him out, he starts losing himself for a little bit. But once they get that all back under control, you see that you see the old Tyler back the the hero, the take charge kind of guy that's right. there to protect his family and make sure that the, I guess the the dark lady they call her, yeah, because they don't know who it is yet, um, that the dark lady doesn't hurt anyone in his family. But I was, I loved reading when I got to the to Omega One, which is uh, the second to last issue, and I saw uh, how, Alpha One, Alpha One. I'm sorry, yeah, you know, yeah, because they do they do you know usually speak Alpha to Omega yeah, and it's friends. Omega to Alpha, yeah, yeah but. Yeah. So, um, so when I read Alpha One last night and and I saw what happened, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I, I can't wait to read Alpha Two and see how they wrap it all up and and just to see how it it all ends. Cause, oh my God, this story is incredible. Yeah. It's it's what like Cap said that it's a great time if you're jumping in right now because it's literally one book before it all is over. So, you know, you can buy the volumes. It's five volumes currently. It'll be six when they you know wrap it up. I guess in February they'll bring out another volume. But right. and if you just want to do all five volumes and then just pick up the last seven books in October and you'll be done. And and the thing that I also like a, a lot about this story is not a lot of stories um, really go back and show you how it all began because in the, when you read Clockworks, which is one of the the groups, mm -hmm. um, you see how it how the keys came to be. Right. And uh, you actually see what happened with um, Ty and Kingsley and, and Bold's father because it, um, he was one of the key masters, I guess you could call right. them. And you know, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a not a good ending for all those folks. Yeah. <laughs> so say. and then you also see why he couldn't remember uh, what he did when he was younger with all the keys and everything because there's yeah. actually magic that prevents you from remembering. If you're yeah. under, I believe you're 18 and under yeah. or uh, uh, after your 18th birthday, yeah. you forget everything. Yeah. The rifle rule. But what I, yeah, but, well, it's, they call it the rifle rule because it's not, they, um, Joe Hill, who's the writer, um, and that's Stephen King's son, by the way, for those that didn't know, uh, Joe Hill didn't just do one of these, oh, you just forget magic when you're 18 because adults don't remember. It actually is a key that they created to make people forget. Yep. Because they figure adults more than anyone, you do not want having the power to remember 
how to use these awesomely magical keys. And, right. You know? Could you say World War One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six, Seven, Eight? Nine, I would just say Emperor of the whole freaking universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such great imagination what these keys can do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just because I remember when when and I bring it back to when Mike brought it to my attention because he he explained it. And you really can't explain this book, which makes this podcast difficult. I'm not even gonna lie, because with this podcast, you don't want to give too much away. Because right. part of the part of the enjoyment of the book is discovering what each key does and how everything relates to each other. So we're trying, we uh, understand audience. We're trying not to give too much away. Right. So there, there'll be spoilers. Something. There will be spoilers, but we're not going to be like and. You know, the, the butler 40s. did it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're not going to give you vital points away, but, you know, obviously there'll be some spoilers just to talk about it. But it is it's a hard book to describe without giving too much away. Right. And even even if you give even if you give a lot of it away, it's so much to take in. You'd be confused by the premise anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, the only thing you would remember is that it's a family whose father's whose father was murdered. And they move into this house and this house is, I guess you could say, haunted. Yeah. You know, yeah, more or less. You could say more or less haunted because it deals with ghosts and, it de- and it's a mystery and it's got, you know, um, you know, sci-fi, spiritual elements. But you, when you explain it, it's just – I remember trying to get my girlfriend to read this. And she was like, well, it's a comic book. I mean, I read it. I like comic books. But, you know, what is it about? I couldn't even explain it. But after she read it, you get it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you just say – all you got to do is say, shut up and read it. That's what? it. Have you met my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ralph, Ralph, and Mike both know my girlfriend. All my right. girlfriend you, is you a say, cookie. You say, "I love you, honey." Just read the book. There you go. That's yeah. what I would use. <laughs> She'd be whittling a shank right there. Right? <laughs> Bitch, read that book. Then go into the kitchen and make me some pie. <laughs> Why am I stabbed? <laughs> right, <laughs> honey? No. Oh. <laughs> Puerto Ricans are good with knives. Oh, stereotype. I'll put that in the comic book soon. So <laughs> but, uh, I could have said she stabbed you with a pointy shoe. <laughs> would that have been better? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. She could find any way to stab me. She's <laughs> the nails. But, I mean, going back to what Ralph was saying about reading it, I said the reason why I keep bringing Mike, you know, up about introducing it to me because it was just such, you know, once you once you read it, it's great, but in the beginning you're kind of figuring out what heads and tails of what's going on. But as you read it, it unfolds so wonderfully. And yeah. we've been complaining about how books haven't been able to unfold in the right speed or they unfold too much or they connect everything too much and I just or feel they like they don't connect book, at all right exactly yeah, or they don't connect at all they're the polar opposite absolutely right. but then you talk about this book and everything's done so well I like the family dynamics that, that yeah. go on the family is great I mean it's I mean, yes. I mean, I, you could say maybe they curse more than you expect out of a family. And I'm not here to judge that. I mean, because there are some families I've met that talk like truckers and others that talk like, you know, what the beep, like, like beep, gods beep, in the next room or something like that. What the fuck like you that. mean, fuckity fuck? <laughs> like, my family, like, we weren't curses. Like, my, my sister cursed like she had just gotten out the Navy like 100 years ago. But my mother, like, you know... Like, the only time she would say shit is if she was talking about, like, you know, we had a dog. So she'd be like, clean up that dog shit. But oh, she wouldn't even just feces? curse. No. I mean, well, and actually, that would only be after I didn't do it after her, you know, sixth time telling me to do it. Oh, so, yeah, so it was always was the, the wake-up call. Oh, right. You know, it was always clean up the dog's mess, the dog do, the, you know. I mean, even when she cursed, it was just, you know, just great. My sister, I don't even know if she listens to this podcast, damn her. Um, <laughs> so she, but if she was here, she would, I mean, my mother, you know, like, she would just say, sheep dip. That Melon farmer. Yep, almost. There we go. <laughs> Melon right? farmer. Now, Melon she wouldn't farmer. even dream of that. She was, sheep dip was her entire expression, you know. <laughs> 
but the family is yeah, no, but very, the family dynamic is real. just great. It's a very it, real feel. I mean, you know, obviously you, it's a writer writing, and so there's a, you know at times a little bit more um, heavier words that they may use, and I don't mean curse words. I'm talking about philosophically speaking, how they may try and get points across, but that's just writing in general. But take that out, and that's not even a sticking point. You know, right. it, like I said, it is very it's very believably written, and you can you can see each character. It's not one of those I'm the writer and I'm just writing the same voice for every character. I mean, Kinsey is Kinsey. Now, he's not trying to write like a 14, 15-year-old girl. He's just writing like what an individual would be, whether or not she happens to be a 15-year-old girl or whatever. And it's it's also so well-written, you can even connect with the antagonist. Oh, definitely. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dodge slash Luke slash... Zach. Zach, you know, um, and there's a reason for all those slashes. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, he's just... His motivation is sound. I mean, it's not one of these crazy, like, I'm just evil. You know, it's it's not that kind of a thing or, you know, uh, right. it's because it's haunted, this is what you get. You know, it's it's so involved. And uh, and I guess it helps that he, Joe Hill is a novelist. I mean, he's not a comic writer. I'm not saying that, that being a comic writer makes you bad. I, I, you, but you can, you can tell it feels like it's a novel. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a novel converted into a comic. Because then, it, you're, you know, no matter what novel's converted to a comic, it always feels like something's lost. Yeah. Right. This one, you can tell it was written to be a comic, and it's just wonderfully done. Well, you got, you got to think about when most novels, they have a third-person narration, so there's a lot of stuff that's right. in, that can be said in between. There's only so much stuff you can put in those little squares on, on top. You know? Exactly. And especially if it's meant for those squares, yeah. as opposed to a novel trying to squeeze, you know, it, for like, like Dark Knight Returns, we talk about one of the things that you liked, that you liked about it, Mike, but a lot of people didn't, was the fact that the third-person narration was gone. Because now the pictures had to explain what he was trying to explain. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, um, Joe Hill, because it's not written as a novel and it's written to be a comic, and, you know, it, it, the movement, it moves so well. Yeah. It, it, there's not a dull moment. Obviously, not every moment is action-packed, but there's no dull moment. There's no, oh, I had to suffer through that one, you know, chapter <laughs> or something like that. There is, you don't suffer through anything. No, and know? then at the end of every series, you know, it's... I wouldn't say a cliffhanger, but it leaves you, you know, in yeah. suspense, wanting more. But it does two things. That you're right. It, it, um, you're right, Ralph. It not only it it um, makes a cliffhanger, but it resolves that sequence of stories yeah. appropriately. Yeah. Oh no, hundred yes. percent. and it does leave you wanting more, which is good because they were not on the strictest time schedule either. No. Nope. I mean, I, I've suffered. I mean, suffered in a pleasurable way, but I suffered <laughs> wow, for Mike. five years. <laughs> five years waiting for this story to come to conclusion you sure you don't have one of those parasites in you sure you don't got a safe word what's going on is that suffering in a pleasurable way i'm like safe word pineapple <laughs> you yeah. <niggas> are flogging. <laughs> leave euro trip out of this <laughs> but yeah i mean it was it's i cannot praise this book any more than i than i am right now are we getting a check for this Huh? Are oh. we going to check for this? We should. <laughs> <laughs> the book was so good, I'll actually give Joe Hill some money for it. <laughs> I guess I have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing about Joe Hill. Uh, a side note before we keep talking about the book. Joe Hill could not say, oh, you don't, I don't know who my father is. Yeah, we know who it is. <laughs> yeah, if you ever see a picture of Joe Hill and you just go, I wonder who he is in the crowd. If you've ever seen Stephen King, you've seen Joe Hill. Yeah. It's just like Stephen King <laughs> was like, thing. I need a son. Okay, there he is. <laughs> that, that makes was a sense why um, Tyler and Rendell, which are father and son, look alike. Ah, I guess. So that's ah, what it is. Well, good pickup. I would have never thought of that. I just <laughs> thought, you know, they were related. But, yeah, sometimes you don't look like your father. Sometimes you do. And, yeah. and Rendell and Tyler definitely look alike. It took me a while to even. Especially when they, show, when they uh, do the flashbacks and they go back in time and they see the father. I thought I was, 
for a moment, I thought I was reading, you know, uh, about Tyler. They're like, oh, no way, that's Rendell. And they both wore glasses, too. Yeah. Right. So you, you, they, they both. Well, early on, I had a little confusion, uh, like when they early on show a young Duncan. Duncan's the uncle. Yeah. Uh, they, and I'm like, why is Bode in the cave? And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, that's, that's Duncan. <laughs> that's Duncan. <laughs> but that's the artist thing. I mean, again, it's not a fault to the artist. It's just. You know, it's not for so many faces a lot of artists tend to do. I mean, yeah, and so yeah. there's a very much a similarity, not duplication, but similarity to a lot of characters. I mean, that's just an artist's flair. Yeah, it's just a style. It's the gender swapping. Because uh, who's the artist again there? The artist is um, Gabriel Rodriguez, Latinos in the house. Love this guy. Yeah. Love his work. And I was, we were talking about before the um, before you got started the podcast, his work, the lines that he uses, they're very heavy. The angle, he's very angular. Yeah. He's very angular. He's very not like, sharp. Yes. For those people out there, he's not Umberto Ramos or anything like that. <laughs> hey, 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 I like Umberto Ramos, another Latin guy. <laughs> Who's going to be at Comic-Con, who I am going to his booth, and I'm dragging you with me, Mike. <laughs> Captain Mike, can yeah. go visit Umberto Ramos. But, yeah, his... his You've his... been warned, Umberto Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to see you coming, and he's going to run away. Oh, crap, it's you guys! No! <laughs> no, no, it's me. He'll be happy to see me. Mike is the one that's always making fun of the faces. <laughs> oh, so, so it'll be more like, oh, it's Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cap. Mike. <laughs> I'll be like, Umberto. <laughs> Ruining any books lately, Umberto? <laughs> Here's some books that I like. You want to re- draw those and ruin it for me? Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that um, his drawing style, between the lines that he uses, between, like I said, he's very angular, unlike we talked about before, Frank Quietly, who's very smooth, very yeah. rounded edges, or like Mike Mignola, who um, has a very like um, abstract style. Um, Hellboy. Like Hellboy. Oh, oh, yeah, Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mike yeah. Manola's Hellboy. He's also done some Marvel stuff, but he's known for the Hellboy stuff. It's done very, like, you know, impressionistic, where this guy, this guy Rodriguez, just hits it, and it, and it fits the book. Yeah, I mean, we're put, not talking realism for anyone that's wondering out there. It's not that either. Not. I mean, it's, it's just really good illustration. Um, Especially the ones in, uh, in uh, Keys to the Kingdom, when he shows Bode's point of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the very, fact that he switches his, his drawing style yeah. more of a it looks like, like a the peanuts. or peanuts kind yeah. of a you know drawing exactly, but uh, he's so versatile in that yeah. way, and it just I mean, as an artist, and what's funny is, I, I was thinking back to when we introduced ourselves at the first podcast, and I thought about one thing I sh- you know when you go back and go I wish I would have said something, I wish I would have said you know I'm a, I mean I'm an '80s kid but you know, you know really grew up in the '90s and loved Image Comics. The reason why is because I'm an artist, and me as an artist, and being in that era, loving Spawn, loving um, Wetworks, loving um, not Youngblood, um, loving Wildcats. I'm still shocked that you like Spawn. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> Spawn, I'm just for the first ten issues was really was was done really well. It was isn't it up to two hundred and something now though? Yeah. All right, but, so that's but, a but, lot but, of bad stuff. But Mike, I'm not talking about <laughs> then. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about. Bad, I mean, I'm talking about now. I'm talking about then. Then. It, nobody was doing any of that stuff. Right. No, that's true. And, and if they were, it was like Valiant Comics or right. like, you know, the smaller brands. Right. You know, so I felt that his story was different. But the whole point I'm trying to make is that the 90s is when Image came out, which is when where artists said, heck with it, we're going to own our creations. And when all these artists came out, it was great. Looking, looking at Rodriguez's style just brings me back to that era where, where, where things were wonderfully done. And the story could be crappy, but visually it's just captivating and yeah. the story is good but the art makes it as good also i don't know what? which is better like you put my peanut butter in my yeah nah, i mean yeah. It's, it's such a it's a wonderful blend of everything between like i said the the writing and the art uh um, it's like rodriguez a peanut butter and jelly sandwich exactly That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. um rodriguez it's it's 
the the artist great. His color palette is pretty muted, and it's just it's beautiful to look at. There, his um, drawing of Key House itself, the fact that uh, if you you know whenever you get the books, especially the hardcover volumes or the softcover volumes, uh, more so than just the individual comics, that you'll get a lot of extra artwork. And uh, he completely laid out the uh, architecture um, specs for mm -hmm. Key House down to detail. And it was actually um, I, it's in one of the books. Uh, there's a, um, I think it's a Joe Hill's talking about working with Gabriel Rodriguez and, you know, the fact that he's like, you know, worships the ground, the guy um, walks on and everything. But you know, he, as the writer, he's just like, okay, so then, you know, so-and-so races from the kitchen and into the living room and that's where they find so-and-so. And, you know, Joe was just saying that like, Gabriel would be like, the living room isn't connected to the kitchen, you know? Like, <laughs> so he, you know, to the point that Joe said that after a while, he just even stopped writing him back with corrections. He would just draw the artwork and make it flow. I mean, and that's also just amazing too. So that, for instance, if the kitchen was on floor one, but then the bedroom that they ran to was in the, and let's say floor one in the north wing, the, and this bedroom is on the third floor in the east wing. I mean, you know, Gabriel would actually draw the artwork as needed, shifting through the rooms because he has his whole place laid out. I mean, what you know, the reason I'm bringing that up is that it's just amazing. It's not one of these cut like, oh, I just draw here to here and it doesn't make sense how someone got from one room to the next or if there's a killer, how they got from one room to the next. The fact that he actually laid out the, the foundations of the place, he realistically could say, well, it's going to take this long to go from here to here. So then this kind of action had to occur from room to room to room. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so well thought out. And Mike's a logic guy. That's one thing I'll always say. Mike is somebody that if it's not, if, if it's done logically, you, he enjoys that. I didn't even think about that stuff, but it, I think it does make sense when the artist and the the writer are are together and yeah. they're, and they're running on you know on all cylinders and they get each other and like you said, yeah. if the writer has no sense of like where the house is, just kind of spewing out where he wants the story to go, and the other guy is a very fact guy, very very like you know it's all about the logistically well the kitchen's not there, so how's he gonna do that? And he makes it work. That's a beautiful right. marriage right well, there. Well it's to me, I mean, and again, this sounds like small stuff that I when I pick on these kind of things, but I mean we've all seen it, particularly in a movie, you know, where the killer is in the kitchen and then in the next I mean, so the, the, the woman runs from the killer, she closes the kitchen door and the next thing you know she's second floor in the bedroom. Now, granted we understood she ran up the steps, but you you have no sense of well did the killer just sit in the kitchen the whole time was he making a sandwich you know <laughs> did, did she watch tv before she ran up I mean, you know what i mean like it's it's it just bounces you and then you just feel like well i've missed something yeah. and the fact that he knows well room to room to room this is what had to go on so i'm leading you through the house right and that makes sense because now you're like, okay, I'm I'm with you now. I'm actually running with you. I am afraid with you, you know. And then when he does that too, you actually see more details about the house because you can see. And that adds to it. Portraits up on the wall. Exactly. You, you know, the decor. You see the wallpaper and flowers and stuff. Right. And that adds to the believability, you yeah. know. I'll go as far as saying that, that Rodriguez is as impressive. And I know if anybody from the geek world hears me say this, any, especially anybody West, they're going to kill me on this. But George Perez. In the de in the amount of detail that that Rodriguez puts in, um, the the cave, the the house, the house itself. Yeah. There's so much detail, and if you read any, if you ever want a, a treat, pick up a George Perez either Teen Titans book, or pick up a um, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Crisis, a Crisis on Infinite Earth, absolutely, or um, even what's the the oh the Avengers? He did the Avengers for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, and. and George Perez is known for one thing, not only for his detail for characters, for, for, the, for the people in the frame, but the background. 
and and Rodriguez just nails it with the background. Yeah. Well, also George is known for like having four hundred million people in one page. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that he draws all these people, I'm like, really? But um, but yeah, but um, Rodriguez. I mean, I, you know, I mean, as much as I definitely love George Perez, um, it's it just also feels different. Though. I mean, George Perez is doing comics and comics. Even though this is a comic book, it, it still has such a different feel. It, it it's not like watching a movie. It's but it's at the same time it's not quite like reading a comic. At least not to me, it isn't. No. It's it's somehow and again maybe it's because um, again a comic book is different. It, especially superhero comic book, it has more action. You're getting you have to get to your zaps and pals between things, so that's forcing an artist to, to draw a certain way. Whereas again, this one is a story. It's to it is to pull you in. It is to fill you with dread. Yeah. Um, when necessary, and this book will fill you with dread. I mean, like uh, like Ralph was saying about the cliffhangers or whatever. I oh, mean, yeah. there's just even even because um, like I said before, there's no downtime. Even when there's a point that's slower than other points in the book, you are filled with dread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. Someone could just be making soup, <laughs> and you're just waiting. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen? What's yeah. going to happen? And it's not like you're waiting for like you know, it's not Friday the Thirteenth or uh, um, Halloween where you're waiting for someone to get stabbed. You're just waiting for that other shoe to drop of something. Yeah. Even if it's not bad, um, you know, um, a, a great scene, uh, again, not really a spoiler, I mean, it's just a great scene. Uh, the mother, because she's an adult, she doesn't really see a lot of the magical things that are going on around there. Yeah. Um, plus the fact that she's a severe, severe drunk. It's not helping <laughs> either, and she's kind of dissociated herself from uh, her family for the most part. But um, she's in the kitchen at one point, you know, missing her husband, blah, 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 blah. And she finds a key, not realizing what it is, and of course not being able to believe in what it would be even if she saw it. She finds a key to what would be basically called a mending uh, case or a mending cabinet. cabinet yeah. And uh, so, again, she opens up a cabinet with this key, puts something in it that was broken, and she opens it up again, and it's completely fixed. And it's just one of the things where you're just like, you know, she, of course, thinks like, oh, I could have sworn that was broken. So then she tries it again and again. And there's just this great scene where, and you knew where it was going. I mean, because of the way, again, that Rodriguez did the drawing, after you start seeing her, you could see from another room the urn that her husband's ashes are in and you just know lady do not put that urn in there and i'm not going to say what happens or what does not happen but Zombies. just the fact that nah. <laughs> all, all <laughs> but the fact that you're disturbing. just right because that's my whole point is it, it's a sense of dread like in other words you just know what she's thinking and you just know that nothing good will come out of this right <laughs> you know and, and, it's and you're right dread angst i mean you're sitting there and you're like don't do that no come on no i know what you're thinking and that's you talking yeah. to the book right and, and you would think and i and, and i don't like horror at all you would think that a book this scary, you know, or any kind of story this scary, in a movie form would be a little bit different. But in a book, you wouldn't be too like, oh my god. No, you're actually kind of, you know, yeah, struck with with similar kind of feelings. You're like, you're like, turning the page. You're like, what am I gonna see next? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just just fearing that Dodge will come and find one of them, or <laughs> or some other of their friends or associates, and just what he'll do to them. And oh, it, it, you just sit there on pins and needles, like, what hell is gonna come next? Yeah, so. Dodge. The fox in sheep's clothing. <laughs> it's more like the fox in guy's clothing. <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny you talk about, you know, Dodge. Just the idea of Dodge and the demons and, the, you know, how these keys are formed. Very unique story. Oh, yeah. Very unique. Who the hell would think of this story about this house and how these, these keys are formed and what, they can, what powers they can cause? What kind of imagination is that? Well, you know, I, I, 
tell the truth, I dreamed this story up when I was like five years old. Pretty much. <laughs> I didn't remember. Well, it, you're you're accredited in the back. You're yeah. accredited in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess right. Yeah, yeah. RB is right there. <laughs> but I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, well, it's Joe Hill. I mean, come on. I mean, he's he's Stephen King's son. Can you only imagine the story Stephen King told him? Like just <laughs> just go to sleep, dear, huh? or otherwise I'm going to turn this key and then once I open up another door. <laughs> Here's the key to your head. Don't make me take that stuff out. And I think that's what shocks me even more. If it was just anybody else who wrote it, I would be, you know, I'd be singing praises. Now people say, oh yeah, well that's his son. Of course, you know, he's going to do well. But we've seen time and time again, just because you're the son of a great doesn't make you great. Wait, don't talk about George W. Bush right now. Oh, I'm sorry. You were, I'm, I, you were talking about someone else. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wow. You went, took a political way out. All right. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about more sports. I was thinking about like, um, like Daryl Strawberry's son was trying to play, or like Roger Clemens' son was trying to play. And you got these greats, and, and their sons are trying to come on. They're like, oh, he must have natural ability, or he might be able to do the same thing his father was able to do. And then when you're not, you're like, oh, he sucks. Well, you know, he's his own individual. Yeah. So to watch Joe Hill do do what his father does, or is in the same field, and not only do, I don't want to say excel, but be pretty good, it's, it's, it's really, I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting, and I don't know if he has done one, um, and if he has... Actually, I'm trying to think because I think there was something that they kind of worked on together, but I don't think Stephen King himself has any has ever written anything directly for comics the way Joe did with this story. So I would be interested to see if Stephen King would do something like that, like I'm what it would come out. I'm like. sure they probably turned some of his books into comics, right? But that's well, different. They did, though. They did, yeah. um, the, they, they've done. The Dark well, Tower? they did The Shining. They've done the Dark. They're still doing the Dark Towers. When they did The Shining, did it look like uh, what's this guy's name? Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I think probably somewhat. I mean, I, I think they probably don't want to do too much because, you know, then you have to give royalties. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, there's been and some other book of his, but, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But that's, a, like I pointed out earlier, when you, you take a novel and make it into comic book form, something gets lost. It actually never usually improves. It always goes downhill because it's just like making a book into a movie. There's a lot you can't put in, like you were saying about the narration, things yeah. like that. You, you have to lose something. Right. I would just be curious to see if Stephen King would be able to uh, actually – you know, write for a comic book with his, you know, I mean, we know he's written for, um, for movies, for TV movies. He's done actually direct writing then, but just my curiosity. Speaking of movies and TV, I'm so mad that Lock and Key didn't get oh, the green light. Nice. I, saw, I saw that pilot. You, you saw, Wait, the, pilot, you saw right? the actual pilot? Oh, no, not no, the pilot, the, uh, the trailer. To the oh, pilot. I'm like, oh. man, if you saw that pilot, <laughs> tell me now. I have to have it. <laughs> I mean, it, it was supposed to be on Fox for, for yeah. 2011. I yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. Do you have any details on that, Mike? They cried, oh, it's too expensive to produce this. I'm like, it's a house. I, besides Dodge being Dodge originally and the occasional ghost body floating around, I'm not seeing what expense this is going to come out to. And you, know, it's weird, though, because in the Internet Movie Database, they show a lock and key TV movie, 2011, but there's... there's all the shows released in 2011, no actual other date. Right. Well, that's so because it was made. You know, it was made. I guess they never actually released it. No. So the yeah. whole TV movie's done. It's not a yeah. TV show. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It was supposed to be. Well, it was supposed to be. Um, well, the, the it was a pilot. So yeah. that was the TV pilot, and then it would have been a show. And then I think they even pushed it over to MTV. They passed it by. I. I mean, I wish somebody like a Showtime or HBO or something yeah. like that. Anyone who's exactly listening now, thinking, yeah. if you have power to make this thing possible, yeah, go seriously. right ahead. HBO, Showtime. Well, then they can keep all the nice language in. You Absolutely. know, throw in a boob or two, probably. <laughs> you you know? Well, if it's HBO, that's it's, it's one boob added, and if it's, it's Showtime, you'll see crotch. So it's, <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah, it's like, it, there was a lot of side boob on, in this in this movie. In oh, this, and, um, um, in the Lock and Key, yeah, Lock a lot of side boob. Um. I love also the way they integrated a lot of the diversity in races. 
Yeah. You know, and not saying, oh, they added a black guy to add a black guy. It fit. It's, it's funny, too, because, like, um, well, not funny, but it, huh. it's, it's, <laughs> it's real how <laughs> he touches on, on race relations because there's a key that changes your skin color. Yeah. And Kinsley and Bo change their skin color to get into uh, a hospital to talk to a woman who they believe is super racist and only talks to black people. <laughs> but as they're on their way to the bus, there's a, a white lady standing and she's just... You, you can tell that she wants to sit down, but she won't sit down to two, next to two black kids. And Kingsley comments on it. She's like, I wonder if it's just because she's getting off at the next stop, or is it that she just doesn't want to sit next to us? A little something, something thrown in there. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and, and that book is filled with things like that. In other words, it's not just get me to the meat of horror, horror, murder, murder, resolution, resolution. It's, you know, like I said, I mean, you get things like the race and, things. And that was Boston. They were in Boston at that well, time. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so they, they didn't ignore it. They, they made sure to make it relevant to where they were. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you've ever been to Boston, it's, it's, it's like parts of Boston are like that. I don't know if all of Boston is like that. But, you know. No, go ahead. Offend all of Boston. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Boston, this now. we're not Hold sorry. On. Okay. I'm going to, matter of <laughs> fact, Ralph, can you make the shirt for me? Cap says, fuck Boston. <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan. Fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck Boston. How about that one? Thank goodness we have a mature rating on this damn podcast. <laughs> Grandma, I don't want you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> what that young whippersnapper Cap say? <laughs> Get that um, melon farmer over here. <laughs> but I, I think um, what Mike said is, is right. They touch on so many other issues besides the horror. It makes it feel so much so so much more rich. Yeah. yeah. With, with with like you know you with complexities and with like you feel that this family's real. I come from you know a family where my father died when I was around when I was around um, Tyler's age. Okay. And Tyler was like like in high school. I was 18. a little bit just out of high school. Right. And my father passed away. And um, to have my sister and I have a, a sister and a brother, a younger brother. So it was very similar. Not that mom was a fall down drunk, but mom went through hard times. And and just that um, dynamic alone is very difficult. And they touch it really well yeah. because not only did he die, he was murdered. Right. But just the fact of yeah, he's gone and them dealing with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so great! It touches my heart. Oh, I love just it. The, just the the first book alone. I mean, just the when they're flashing back and forth between the murder as it occurred and just dealing with the funeral. Just in the very first, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, first issue of the first book. I mean, it was just you know anyone that's ever lost anybody. Just that feeling of you know what do I do now? Not just from the mother, but particularly from Tyler. It's usually from his point of view, the fact that there's this great scene. He's just sitting there, and people are coming up to him, and you know. You know, if you you might give the occasional, oh, I'm really sorry, but otherwise people are just like, oh, dude, did you see that chick the other day? I mean, like you know, mm-hmm. because they don't know how to talk to you because it's true. There there is nothing you can say. I mean, you know, there's not so many times you can say I'm sorry to somebody <laughs> that's just lost yeah. somebody. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, so it was just it's very uncomfortable the the scene at the funeral and stuff like that, and it was wonderfully uncomfortable because it was just so real. You yeah. know, the proper way to handle that situation is to say, sorry for your loss. Let's go grab a beer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I think the only time I've ever seen... Um, so soft. <laughs> the only All right, time let's I go can... do shots. Yeah! <laughs> there we go. Shots, shots, shots. The only time I think I've ever, uh, that I can think of offhand, seen um, like a, a death moment handled so well was I don't know if everyone ever saw uh, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer called The Body, and that's when her mother dies. Oh my and that goodness! Just, oh please! That whole I saw that. I remember because I mean I, I saw it and I remember still tearing up watching it because it was just handled so well and differently just, yeah oh yeah well i mean you know between buffy kept reimagining the scene where she came in and was able to save her at just the last moment but of course that wasn't true i mean just and anna because you know she was the uh she was a former demon 
and she wasn't used to human emotion and you know she's she's trying to understand so she doesn't know what what to talk about and she and i mean i can't even do it justice but she's in a car and i i think she's talking to i don't know if she's talking to will or xander i mean it sounds like it would make sense that she's talking to xander but i think she's talking to willow and you know she's just like you know i don't understand you know everybody's crying nobody will tell me what's going on i don't know what to say and you know she just has this meltdown because she just does not know what to do with death i mean it's just it's just everything that whole episode is just fantastic have you, know? you ever seen buffy ralph I've seen some episodes. I haven't uh, seen that episode. That really? Catch I, that is actually, amazing. I've seen the whole series of Angel, but not Buffy. Buffy's better. Really? Than <laughs> <laughs> I just I like the actor because he's in Bones. Yeah. You know he's he's really. Oh, good. what's his name? Uh, Boy uh, Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Buffy. he's he's actually good in Bones, and he was good in Angel for like a year or two until Angel annoyed me. But <laughs> but even if you don't even if you don't watch Buffy, you don't you know just you can just watch the body because it's. You don't need to know about her being a slayer. You don't need to know about vampires. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing yeah. scene. And and just uh, bringing it back to what we're talking about here, right. you know, the fact that uh, Joe Hill also managed to write just such a an amazing, you know, take on the whole idea of, of how a funeral and how death is handled and between both sides, the, the, the family suffering and the, the people that don't know what to do. It's a nice little marriage of magical and real. Yeah. It's it's enough magic to keep you wanting, you know, wanting more and guessing and figuring out what's going to go on, but enough realness for you to feel gr- for it to be grounded and for you to feel like it could actually happen. Yeah. It, it, it works so well. All right. And speaking of magic, if you had a choice, ta-da, which key would you have? If you could only pick one, which would you keep? Oh my goodness. I would pick the anywhere key, which is a key that you can put into any door. You just got to visualize the place and it, you open up the door and you're there. And I am now making sure I sleep fully clothed. <laughs> I'm just saying. I came to borrow some books. Oh my goodness, Mike, put some clothes on. Don't worry, I'll call first. <laughs> Mike, you got clothes? All right, cool. Wow, okay. But, but think I'm about it. Think. I, you know what's funny? I, I never really thought about it. The Anywhere Key is a great key. I mean, just, know, it's not just what we were just joking about. I mean, you yeah. could just, because I think they say as long as you have it firmly in mind where you want to go. Yep, you'll go there. You know, I mean, you could just hear to Paris, you know, I mean, just boof, you're done. No, even simpler. I can go to sleep. I have to be at work at 830. I'm waking up at 820 and I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. What? 829? All right, here we go. Anywhere Key. Boom. Into the door. Clocking in 830. There we go. I think the gender key would be interesting, not because I want to be another gender, but just the fact of getting information from people, like either like people I work with or, or my girlfriend or my mom, like, like very candid kind of, like, you know, like, so, so, so what about this, Brian? Oh, he's a freaking asshole, but you're his mother. Okay, all right, but let's just be very clear about the gender key. It doesn't make you go from who you are into, like, um, name the hottest supermodel you can think of. It just makes you a female version of, of you. Yeah. But it's so, not like I'm going to be bearded. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you think you're going to make an attractive woman? <laughs> I'm just asking. One day we'll talk about that. <laughs> All I got to say is Halloween 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an interesting story there. Oh, yeah. One of these podcasts, I'll talk about it. Let, let me guess. Like this one. Alcohol was involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, definitely <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. But yeah, gender key would be for me probably. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good keys. I mean, the head key is fantastic. You can just get see into your own head, pull out what you don't want or put in what you want. I mean, I just and I'm a person that loves collecting knowledge, so that's one, but I 
I oh gosh, the shadow key I just think is great, just because you know you control shadow, shadows. Yeah, controlling shadows have your minions. You can actually and have I want and I want minions shadow puppets. Think yeah, that. exactly. Um, but I mean the and there was a there was a, a one shot story in the uh, in the lock and key uh, called Open the Moon, and I think that moon key it's just it's so romantic. It's uh, they actually are able to they create a key and in a hot air balloon because it's in the eighteen hundreds and it's unrelated to this family's portion of the story. They go up into the air and the key, they point it towards the moon and turn it and it actually unlocks the universe so that the moon and the rest of the world kind of looks like if you were backstage of a play. So like you see all the rafters and the catwalks and, but in there at the same time was um, all the family members, all your ancestors that have passed away. No. And, and you know, not in zombie form or anything like that. And then not highly religious right. either. They're just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just standing there in whatever clothes they were probably buried in. And they're just normal people looking to talk. And I just think that would be great. That was a great story. Yeah. So now that we have dropped to our knees and either bowed or sucked on some on some cock, because <laughs> Joe Hill and Gabriel Rajimovic, we're great. Cat, are your lips all right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm saying all three of us, we all love the book. So let's all get up off our knees and let's all give it a, give it a rating. Go. I will give it ten keys out of ten. Wow. Yes. Ooh. No claws, no more. I'm not. I was yeah. gonna go claws. I, I said. I promised myself. No. <laughs> I got a, yeah. Beep. Yeah, beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a, what do you call it? Um, remind myself to not use six claws again. So right. I, I promised myself. Yeah. So, so 10 out of 10 keys. 10 out of 10 keys. Mike? Let's see. 10 out of 10 keys. I don't think that's very original, but I'm going to give it 11 out of 11 keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's super original. That, is, that, that's, that makes a lot more sense to the people out there. They understand 11 much better. Wow, I'm gonna throw some. I'm gonna throw a curveball. I'm gonna be Mike. Cap is gonna pull a mic. Um, out of ten keys, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Why? I've because, never given a oh, half because you ran out of metal to make that last no, one. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, because we're on Alpha One, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Alpha One ended in such a way where if it would have ended, it would have been okay. But I kind of feel like there's something left. And I'm still waiting for Alpha 2 to tell me what the rest of the story is. Because if it ends horribly, I'm not going to be angry with the entire series. I'm just going to be unhappy with the ending. It's kind of like Lost. People talk about how Lost was great and then the ending sucked. Yeah. So like where, where they would rate it at a 10, they'll rate it a, a, a 9.5 or an 8 because of the ending. So I'm going to wait to, to, to pass uh, I'm reading what I've read, damn it. And that's... Excellent. Yeah. I don't know, but but it's a full story. It's no, not it an is. ongoing it's true. series. It's a full it's story. So you know, oh, I, I also got to judge it on. If this was like three months ago, probably would I would have said ten out of ten. Right. But, but uh, well, it comes out. I think actually it is supposed to be finally finalizing in a month. So in I guess yeah. mid October. October thirtieth. Actually. Oh, October thirtieth. Yeah. The end of October. Okay. So we'll, we'll have to do a quick touchback uh, after that and be like, it was freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um. You know my favorite saying, there you have it. <laughs> there you oh, have it. But there, uh, there is one thing, though, that actually I do have oh, to criticize about, about Lock and Key. Um, and it's the thing that, that I hate about Lock and Key is the fact that it is so well written and so well drawn. I'm so angry that I did not create this myself. I mean, <laughs> every, every, because I love to write. I mean, artwork I can kind of do here and there. It's, it, it's something I'd like to do, but it's not my strong point. But writing is a strong point of mine. And all I keep thinking is, damn it. You know, I mean, it, it's not just 
I wish I had written that. It just makes you go, could I ever write anything that good? And it, it just questions everything that you look back on paper. You're like, well, that's not as good as Lock and Key. <laughs> and, 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 and it's funny. I was going to say something. Not, not you know, our joking way, like Buster Chathos would say, oh, yeah, Mike, of course, Mike thinks he's going to write everything. But, <laughs> but there's a part of that that I agree with. Maybe not the writing, because I feel like for me, I'm not a writer. So um, the writing portion is something that I couldn't stay on, on par with. I feel like Joe Hill has a crazy imagination, and I don't understand how he came up with this concept. And I'm like, wow, you must have not slept well at night. <laughs> but as an artist, I feel that way with Gabriel Rodriguez. Yeah. I feel like the way he, he deals with scenery, and that's one of my weaknesses. As, as I, I, By the way, I used to love to draw. Um, I still love to draw, but I don't do it as much. Um, one of my weaknesses has always been scenery. And, and interaction of characters and changing scenery and having movement and that's one of my weaknesses so watching Gabriel Rodriguez made me feel the same way you felt yeah. about could I have wrote I'm like, I, could, I could have drawn this if I really would have put my mind to it why didn't I draw it before I felt the same <laughs> way because it's done so well but it's like I don't know I just felt like I could have done it yeah so that's my big complaint damn you Joe Hill <laughs> <laughs> see I, I complain nothing this thing was just awesome I, was, you I mean, never complain. No, well, no, it's because you know I dreamt up the story. Just Joe Hill took it out of my head. He used the, the oh, he used the, the, the head, head key. key. Yeah, he used yeah. the head key and he, he opens it up. Key. He goes, "Okay, what's in here? Okay, six claws. We're gonna get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. A six claws Six claw reference. I think nice. I'm a, on my tombstone. There's gonna be. It's gonna say, uh, Ralph the Tech, greatest man alive. Six claws. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna take a quick drink break beverage break i don't want to say drink sounds like we're alcoholics <laughs> and we'll be back after we guzzle down some liquids hello listeners in podcast land this is ralph here the tech trying to tell you guys you can hit us up at m22lcmr at gmail.com or check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com and hell why not twitter too at Meanwhile 22. Uh, we would love to hear from you. It's Mike, Ralph, and uh, the captain. So let's get back to the show. All right. I feel refreshed. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> My throat has been quenched. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, I mean, it's funny because we began the show with such positive vibes. And now to put a damper on things. <laughs> Oh, what, what could possibly put a damper on such a great story? Like, oh, uh, Mike, Lock I'm and glad Kate. you asked. Oh, what is that? <laughs> um, it actually comes from the DC Universe, and it's called Heroes Month. I'm sorry, Villains Month. Heroes Month. Villains Month. Uh, Welcome to the negative zone. <laughs> it's so good we had to spend four weeks on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, just to give a quick synopsis, they have a, a, I don't know if it's a series, but they had an issue called Forever Evil, where the crime syndicate, like we talked about last podcast, has supposedly come from their universe to ours. Earth 3, for those of you that don't know. And actually, they're, um, they, according to this book, they killed or they beat up the Justice League. Well, they say the Justice League is dead. Yeah, Everyone well, keeps they saying say, that. They're, they're saying that the Justice League is dead, but there's yeah. still people around. Dead. If you can't see me, I'm, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> I'm sure they can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so... Yes, they're all. Um, the crime syndicate is saying that they're dead, and now you have these villains running rampant. So DC thought it'd be a great idea to have all the books that you read get replaced by the villains of those characters. So, for example, if it's a Batman book for this month, it would be the Joker, or if it's a different Batman book, it might be the Riddler. If it's Superman, oh, it would really? be Darkseid. You get the picture. 
So all of the titles for DC for this entire month are replaced by their, their villainous counterparts. And, is, and also you can sum it up by saying that all the titles of DC this month suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there was... No, no. No, there was there, there's, there's, there's no, no redemption. No. I, I, I'm, I'm buying them, and I actually am buying all of them oh, as a fool. Oh, I was so going to get on you, Mike. As oh. a fool, I'm buying them all. Because I have to know. I, I'm just that kind of guy that has to know. Um, but even the people at the comic shops are saying it sucks. <laughs> and I mean the workers. <laughs> well, I, at least, you know, those holographic uh, covers are pretty cool. Oh, they're kind of cool. Some I was going to say, in the beginning, I wasn't excited for it. It looked lame. But then Mike, and here's where Mike steered me wrong. Say, hey, Cap, you know, they have these great holographic um, covers, and they cost a dollar more, but it's so great, blah, 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 blah. I took the fucking bait as, a, as an art lover, and I grabbed a couple books. And when we talked in, 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 um, briefly this week, um, Ralph, Mike, and I, about what books we read, I only had a small list because after what I read, I was like, I'm not buying any more of this shit. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mike's buying all 52 from what I understand. I will buy all 52. So... It's shitty, and you know it's shitty, but oh, you're yeah. going to buy all 52. Well, because I'm just also, I mean, I am that comic guy that uh, I want to know what DC is doing. In other words, this is one month where I can get an idea of, because they've rebooted the universe, what they're claiming is their new version of these villains. Yeah, and then all of these comics are origin stories. Most of them. Right. Not all of them, but oh, most of them, yeah. yeah. Except for the ones that tie into Forever Evil. Which is almost none of them. Which you got to love that. The Villains Month is from Forever Evil, and almost none of the books tie into Forever, Forever Evil. Evil. Yeah. yeah. It's just these lame, lame, like you said, mostly origin stories, or at least pseudo part of origin stories, stuff like that. I'm going to give a three-second countdown, and let's do what we do best. Three, two... One bash away. Go ahead. <laughs> what sucked more? Ralph, smash. <laughs> they should bring the Hulk and just to you know smash oh, things Jesus up. Jesus Christ. Uh, another book that Mike doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I'd need to see the Hulk in there. It, 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 well, I mean, I've mentioned Villains Month twice in the last two uh, podcasts. Podcasts because it's been going on for a month. It, yeah. It hasn't gotten any better. It, it's. I have not read such shitty, lazy writing, and I think I've used those words exactly before to describe this. It, it's, it's the most unoriginal ideas to make villains. Um, they, they think, I think, that they think that they're... <laughs> being re, clever. Re, yeah, being clever and, and changing origins yeah. up so that it makes a little bit more sense or modernizes. I don't know what they think they're doing. I mean, besides getting money from us, you know? Yeah. It's like the Joker one where like the mother and everyone's pale or whatever. Yeah. What's the aunt? Yeah. No, no one's ever really established a common Joker origin. And now you're giving us another one. Right. I mean, usually the Joker, or, well, even this one is his memories. I mean, so, you know, you never know if it's reliable, but this time they don't give you that sense of, is he telling you a reliable story? I mean, so instead of the Joker who was always, the Joker, if nothing else has always been, a normal guy, bad situation, falls into a chemical, becomes the insane Joker. This time they're showing us that, you know, and granted it's his memories, but it's just showing us that he was raised by this really thin, pasty white aunt who had the bright red lipstick, sound familiar. Um, and she was, I mean, I don't mean mean. I mean, she was like Norman Bates's mother learned something from her kind of mean. I mean, you <laughs> know, ACS beat him, on her burned him, you know, yeah. cut him. And so that all you're getting is, okay, so you really were the Joker waiting to happen and the little acid on the face just helped yeah, it along yeah that just said oh i've got something to do now i mean it, it just it took away all your love of the joker of that because that's the thing in, in the book he's regretting what the aunt did yeah. in other words the joker doesn't have regret that's why he's so insane 
So now you've given him regret. You you know he's raising this gorilla to be a killer. So that's another side part <laughs> of the story. I mean, that's insane it was, enough. It was humorous. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, right. They had no. Yeah, but I mean, no but place. at the same time, while he's treating this gorilla like it's his son, you know, he's just like, oh, if only I had had this life of being dressed up nicely. And I'm like, well, that's not murderous Joker thoughts. That's just a person that had a bad life that's regretting it and. Now you're dressed like a clown. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and, and Mike kind of tipped off on this last week when we were talking about what was wrong with comic books. We talked about, you know, um, the, the lazy writing, the, the everything stems from a bad, a bad childhood or a bad breakup or living in a, in, in a poor neighborhood or, you know, that it seems like those are the only places they're dipping into yeah. to use to create these stories and these backgrounds for these characters. And it's like, you know... Not you know, working. You know, I, I think I figured it out how these writers are doing it. They probably have a board with a whole bunch of uh, horrible topics, and they just take a dart and start throwing I was throwing just it. thinking that <laughs> right you know, when you said that. <laughs> it's like, all right, today we're writing about the Joker, lazy aunt that abuses him, and a gorilla. All right, let's do that. Yeah, it's like three separate boards. They just have, like, you know, character, neighborhood, relative, animal. Yeah. <laughs> a really bad game of Clue. <laughs> and what's funny is that even some books that you were kind of curious about, they still suck. Dark Side sucked. Oh you know, my god! Dark Side was, was, was in place of the Superman, and he talked about Dark Side's origin. And it was just no one really cares about Dark Side's origin. But he should not have one, especially not that. Not, not so, that. Talk about it. Go ahead. I mean. I mean Dark Side's origin is first there was light and now you have Dark Side. There you go. <laughs> well, he, he was uh, uh, I think he was uh, uh, he was poor and he's a farmer on, on his planet with his with his, with his sister and her sister's husband or was it his uh, brother? His brother and her his, and his, and his, and his, was. his wife. His brother and, and his brother's wife, and then um, they they keep praying to these gods and he's like, well, these gods are not all that great. And he he finds a way to this one mortal kind of person who's Dark Side goes and kills all these gods who are evidently there super tall and they have all these powers but he tends to go into all their houses and or go wherever they're staying and kills them wait they're gods but you can kill them and he breaks into their homes too now i mean he's dark skinned so i guess he was a criminal to begin with <laughs> he, he mike's black everybody mike. relax mike's black <laughs> he has natural camouflage ah, there you're you trying go. To say. <laughs> so he goes and he kills these gods then when one of the other gods when he takes him down, he just grants him his powers. He says, "Well, yeah, you know, you took me down. You show, you showed me that, you know, that you you showed initiative. So I'm gonna give you powers. You so can rule I'm the world. Dying, I'm gonna give you my powers. Yeah. And it's like, so he takes these powers and he kind of beats up on these other guys to take their power. It's I don't even want to get into it anymore. It was just so bad. But my favorite part is they say that he kills all the gods but one. This one god that didn't die is the one that falls in front of his brother, and it's like." Oh, your brother's, you know, he's getting too much power, da, 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 so I'm going to give you all of mine. And I'm like, okay, well, that's one god versus the hundred he's killed, and yet that's the, because um, it's the All-Father is right. his brother, and Darkseid, and I'm like, so that just balanced out the power right there. And that's pretty much their origin. Sucks. <laughs> that's an interesting scale, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's tipped to one side. <laughs> the only one I liked... Out of all of, I mean, see, I like the Joker, the artwork, only the artwork. Yeah, the artwork once fine. again, Spice Girls, turn down the volume. <laughs> Visually, they're great. Same thing with oh, the Joker. And by the way, the Joker story suffers from the what we've talked about once before. The an artist is the writer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, he draws well, but his his, yeah, his writing. Story. Which one of the Coopers? What Adam or Andy? I forget which Cooper did. Cooper. It was. Um, I think it was, um Adam Cooper. No, Andy Cooper. It was Andy, Andy Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. yeah. So um, go back to drawing, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the artist for the Joker was great, but the one I also liked, 
story-wise, I, well, I liked, it was okay. It was tolerable. Two-Face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's tolerable. tolerable. That's the best thing. It's That, that one was actually pretty interesting because you, you see him, uh, the Secret Society, which is the crime syndicate, you know, uh, recruits him to sort of reign in order in Gotham, I guess you could say. Well, then, no, I mean, he's just recruited. Yeah. It's him that's trying to keep Gotham from falling, I guess. He's recruited whatever. by yeah. Scarecrow, correct? Yeah. yeah. Or Scarecrow delivered the message right. like, hey, look, this crime syndicate or secret society is here. Here's your invitation. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, I still have to, you know, there's got to be order. I've got to flip a coin to figure out what I want to do. Was, it was kind of badass, though, because he's like, flips the coin and he goes, catches it. Guilty. Bah! Shoots his yeah. So he goes through Gotham. You know, being judge, jury, executioner. Wait, I've never point. seen that before unless it was... Oh, wait, it was just like Bane. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it was an original idea, but they just happened to put it in the movie a year before then. So, <laughs> But it was better. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite like this. <laughs> I'm not gonna... I was born in the darkness. <laughs> and the first bad imitation goes to Ralph. <laughs> Wait, that was perfect. <laughs> Perfectly horrible. But there's yeah, but there's go... a perfect there, so that counts. <laughs> But yeah, so bottom line is, I mean, that book was the only one that really made me feel like it was... I even bought The Court of Owls. The Court of Owls. Oh, that one was horrible. Oh, it was so bad. It, it, was... it just laid there. I mean, after such a great Court of Owls story, and you knew it was going to suck. And then it ends, it's like, oh, we're just going to unleash the first talent. Oh, my God. Whatever that means, but yeah. it's in this really, like, like 20-foot-high esophagus, you know, like... <laughs> sarcophagus. I mean, sarcophagus. I'm esophagus. <laughs> esophagus. <laughs> it's it's coming say, out of some... I say Heroes throat. Month, you say... Sarcophagus. I can't even say the word. Esophagus. Sarcophagus. Whatever. Email us your spelling of the word at Meanwhile22 on Twitter. Plug, plug. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean that that one with the talent. With all, especially the villains that that give me like most of the villains don't want to be bothered with this, the the. Well, oh, by the way, I love the fact that they keep calling themselves the Secret Society. Yeah, like, they're the villains that are taking over the world. Secrets out. <laughs> just, just, uh-huh. just we know who know. you are. <laughs> the secrets out. Um, yeah. Especially when 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 the when the crime syndicate announces on to the to the world that they've killed the Justice League and they keep leaving them up on the monitors, the world is ours. Shh. <laughs> Don't We're the secret society. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell no one, but we just killed the Justice League. <laughs> oh, hell, tell everybody, but then act like you didn't know. <laughs> you know? And, and what's funny is this book, I mean, or this this um, this storyline, not storyline, but this Villains Month is so bad. It's like I can't even, like, think of anything else that I hate about. I just think about, like... Every book this month, I don't want to buy. That's all it, yeah, it, it yeah, breaks down to. Oh, it, it, it is. It is just. You don't really even terrible. want to read it at the comic book stores. Like, <laughs> no, no, you do because that's why you want to see how bad it is to put it back. <laughs> exactly. Because you get drawn in for me. I'm, 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 I'm a goldfish. Give me the art. I'm like, oh, and I go toward the hook. <laughs> I love great artwork. So when you give me a story with great artwork, I'm like, oh wow, it, it stimulates me visually. But then when I start reading it, I'm like. What is this? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invent a new com- type of comic book that has no words and just great artwork for you. G.I. Joe did it. <laughs> I, and, and that's what I have to look for. The G.I. Joe issue. And there's an X-Men issue, but they didn't do it as well. There's a, a new X-Men issue where they only used pictures to describe what's going on. G.I. Joe did it when, when Larry Hammer, shout out to Larry Hammer, who, who created this whole comic. Oh, better. Um. Larry Hammer created this book, and I think it's a mission with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and Scarlet, and his whole mission is to, to, to rescue Scarlet, and it's all done with no words. No, not even any sound effects. Just, you know, no, no word bubbles, no thoughts, nothing. Just him kicking ass and you following the story. So 
Yeah, well, I mean, the whole maybe point that was being... an error. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "This script sucks. Just take it out and see what happens." <laughs> um, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, as an artist, you're supposed to be able to tell a story without words. I mean, obviously, words help refine um, smaller detail that's going on in a scene. But I shouldn't look at a scene and go, "I have no idea what's happening." I mean, like, like if if, I, if Superman's supposed to be like hitting a villain. And if I'm looking at the panel, we're supposed to be hitting the villain, and I can't tell if he's going to the bathroom, playing chess, <laughs> or if that's the UPS man, <laughs> then you know you've done something wrong in a panel. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's something, something I used to like to do when I was younger is like uh, look at a picture and just like think of different funny captions that you could put for it yeah. or something, you know? There's, there's been this picture circulating around Instagram for uh, many times of. Uh, Batman smacking Robin. Oh yeah! Oh, I love it. And I... There are so many funny captions. There's so many Spanish ones. It's like, uh, uh, Batman, you're, and then he's about to say Puerto Rican, and then he smacks like Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> or, or my favorite one, where, where I see it's, I guess it's Robin speaking. He goes, "Oh my God, it's so hot! It's summer!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I actually have a bunch of them on my desktop. I was playing with them. I just have Robin going. Po shizzle my nizzle and Batman slaps him. You're not black. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I keep thinking I'm going to have to put on the t-shirt one day. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. But but but, uh, but I was going back to um, sure. the whole thing with the villains is that uh, so during the villains month, they, you know, it's it's all the titles are taking place basically that um, it's either origin stories or maybe you get the they're being asked to join the crime syndicate um, or the secret societies they call it, but. Nobody wants to do it. Right, exactly. (laughs) But nobody wants to do it. So especially the ones that get me, the people that want to do it, that don't want to do it, are all these non-empowered people, or non-powered people, I should say. And I'm just thinking, you do understand that Ultraman is exactly Superman, but he has literally no morals. So like Rachel Gould is like, screw them, I'm doing what I want to. Uh, Two-Face, Two-Face, he has two guns, that's it. (laughs) Oh, fuck them. You know, you're like, really, I think they'll just kill you. I, I, I don't really see what the problem is with... No. You either do what we say or we kill you. <laughs> but you would think also, you know, um, if you're approaching these solo, you know, criminals, you would expect that kind of answer. So why ask them anyway? Just get out of the way and kill them. Yeah. Or, or just basically just say, we've killed the Justice League. We're the crime syndicate. All the villains out there, you have one choice. You either join us or we will kill you. Just like we killed the Justice League. Right. <laughs> like join or die, yeah. son. This is not yeah. really a hard decision, you know. Yeah, but maybe maybe part of the the, the, the whole thing with the with the shh syndicate is <laughs> is the fact that maybe they're like, okay, I want to see who wants to test us because you know what, we are bloodthirsty, so I want to knock a motherfucker out. So you know what, yeah, we're not gonna tell you that I'm I, I'm exactly like Superman. I'm just gonna be like, all right, you're not gonna join us. All right. No problem. Next week, we'll see what happens. Mama says, yeah. "I knock you out." Yeah. So <laughs> but in their first meeting, the out. first person they kill is a guy with a monocle called the monocle. <laughs> I don't really think he was That's a big very threat. Original. Yeah, I mean, they didn't like take down like Bizarro. It was just like, oh, that guy with a monocle just back talk to us. <laughs> You're dead. Was that the Monopoly guy? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Any other words we have to say about um? Villains month. Oh, we have tons of words. Let me get my dictionary out. <laughs> How many ways can you say horrible? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Rancid. <laughs> uh, poopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, it's... Like I said, I'm reading it because I'd like to, to be able to say I definitely know what's wrong because I can now say I read it and I know what's wrong with it, but 
Otherwise, I don't. Get if, if you're, that. it's just a knowledge thing. I mean, it's almost like going to Wikipedia to find out. Except I'm getting it firsthand. Um, it's but, like watching a bad movie and saying, "I hear it's bad. Let me watch it and watch why it's bad." Well, I did <laughs> just get finished watching Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I finally watched no. it. No, it, it's, it. Well, it takes place in some like kind of Slavic Romanian type place or whatever. Yeah. Which is always a sign of a B movie, yep. like because you know that that means they spent no money on the casting and the location and spent it all on Nicolas Cage. Yep, um, it's bad. I mean, like it's if anyone's ever watched any of the Howling movies, like the first Howling <laughs> that came out in the seventies was a really good movie, and then they made like Howling Seven, Your Sister's a Werewolf. Um, I actually think that's a title, um, and they all take place in these like. Baltics, you know, or Slavic type countries where they don't have to pay anything to be there. That's exactly what Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance is like. It is oh just God. bad. Yeah. And then Nicolas Cage acts like a freaking drug addict the whole time. Yeah. He actually acts better, though, than he did in the first one because he's not doing the Elvis Presley imitation. Oh, God. Yeah. But he, he is doing like a crazy psychotic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my he, God. He, my, my head is splitting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did Charlie Sheen all over the place. Wow. So going back to what you were saying about Villains Month, yeah, I mean, don't. Just, yeah, that, that's don't. pretty much the only yeah. word. Like, that's what I was leading up to is that unless you're a person like me that just that really wants to know what's going on because you you just you're a collector for all these years, it's part of your you know stuff. If you're just a casual reader, don't don't buy any one of those books. Even if you're like Mike, where you're like, I want to examine why this thing sucks, don't. <laughs> Don't let Mike spend his money and let you <laughs> listen to this free podcast yeah. for us to warn you Not get away read. from the DC Comics until October. Yeah, oh, and by the way, I, all that, the other thing too, because um, Ralph had mentioned it too, is which is the uh, about the Justice League being dead. My favorite part is you know we've killed the Justice League. So you'll see this in, for instance, let's just say um, it's Flash twenty three point one. So Grodd's finding out that the Flash has been killed. At the very end, it'll be like, and join us for Flash number twenty four, and you're like, well. Yeah, I guess that means Flash isn't dead, right? Yeah, they did that when they did um, Reverse's Flash Origin. Yeah. Also, it says, and the fight con- uh, concludes in Flash 24. Yeah, you're like, well, and, and so most of them say that. Yeah, most of them say that. The is that a different Flash? Is that Wally West or you know, someone It's else? just bad. Barry it's Adam? done really bad. It's yeah. just done bad. So what we're going to do is um, just say, please don't. Those are our two words for today. Please don't. Geeks on the go. Yes, it's that time again for Geeks on the Go. Real quick, I give quick questions, they give me quick answers. It's geek questions with a twist of a timer that we never obey. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know why we have it. I I think it's amusing to see how fast we don't move. (laughs) But I love the fact that it goes off and we still rush. Yeah. (laughs) The timer is like the points on whose line it is anyway. Doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... I'm, I'm going to go back to the old way, and I'm only going to answer the last two. All right. Mm-hmm. Just to make it go faster, because I'm like, wow, when, I, when I'm answering Geeks on the Go, it seems to go a little bit longer. It's like, wow, two minutes and 15 seconds? Yeah. Because you talk too much. <laughs> Homeboy, you never <laughs> shut up. And the black guy brings in a rap reference? <laughs> How original. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Oh, oh my. <laughs> All right, Mr. Sakai. That that was a good one. You can't complain about my, you know. Yeah, you do one. Woo, you do one. That's great. All right. Okay, so um, you know know what the drill is? One minute to answer all these questions. I'm going to try to say them as quick as possible, but my tongue has been in my way all day, so we'll see about that. (laughs) Shut up, Ralph. (laughs) Busting Cap's balls. That's where to go. Ready, set, and 
go. Did DC drop the ball by not making Batman the musical, Mike? Oh, hells no. <laughs> Ralph. Yeah, I gotta agree with that one. <laughs> Whose powers are still hard to determine, Franklin Richards or Scarlet Witch? Ralph. Franklin Richards. I mean, come on. Are you a god or a Galactus? What are you? Come on. Mike. Uh, if he cleared up his hay fever and stopped sneezing and changing universes, he'd be okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he does. <laughs> Question three. Out of the original Fantastic Four, who deserves their own book? Ralph. I think Reed Richards. It'd be interesting to see. Okay. Mike. No one, but I'll torch the magazine of whoever gets one. <laughs> <laughs> um, which villain in Marvel or DC is the most terrifying? Ralph. Uh, Galactus really freaks me out. Okay. Mike. Joker. Always, except for when he's written badly. <laughs> <laughs> which winged hero could you, could you do without? Angel or Hawkman? Mike. Uh, Angel, because the X-Men seem to do just fine without him, too. All right. And Ralph. Angel, because Hawkman actually kicks ass. Ah, there we go. The timer. Heck, we'll keep going one more. Okay, last question. Comic-Con's around the corner. So with that in mind, whose cosplay costume are you most looking forward to? Mike. Any guy willing to go around in the Tyrock costume. Gotta see it. (laughs) (laughs) A Tyrock reference. Ralph. Any female. So you got Zatanna, Wonder Woman. uh, What else you got? Huntress. Uh, Harley Quinn, yeah, and somehow he just forgot about Power Girl Machine. <laughs> no, that's that's why she's in there. It's just in the top twenty right there. And as for the cap, I'll answer this one. Um, whose costume? Whatever costume my girlfriend wears. Bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, we're being candid. All right, Psylocke. <laughs> I mean, tall, tan, Asian in a ninja costume, wearing purple, with mm. a long castrating weapon. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. And com and um, Comic Con is right around the corner, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, oh wait, there's something more importantly in a nearer corner that we should all be getting excited about. Which thing? Tuesday that's is right. Agents, Agents of, of Shield. Shield. Wow, we yes, yeah, I right. cannot <laughs> wait. I cannot wait. It's either going to be really good or really bad, but it's Joss Whedon, so you know it should be good. You will find out next week what we think. Oh yeah. <laughs> also, I think maybe next week. We'll talk about what we think about um, the past two Arkham games because Arkham Origins is also right around the corner. Oh, wow. That but is coming. Mike hasn't even finished playing Arkham Asylum, so we have to wait. I, I, I have to wait too long. I've played enough of each to give you an opinion over there. <laughs> All right. So there's our show for this week for Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph the Tech, a.k.a. Ralph the Pirate. <laughs> this, is the cap. this is the Cap, a.k.a. the Capitan, saying... Thank you very much. Keep it geeky. And by the way, those beeps during the show are me revealing my secret identity. I'm so messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Batman, you are not.